0: Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact.
1: This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. What are your dreams? That seems to be a question that keeps coming up in my conversations with impact makers who are creating careers that they love and lives that matter. It was the simple question that sent Tara Trent on a life-changing journey, not only for herself, but also for thousands of others. And I highlighted her story in episode one of the Impact Makers podcast. It's also come up more than once in conversations that I've shared with successful entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, and practitioners. Not only is understanding your own dreams important to your future success, but understanding others' dreams is critical for you as a leader because that will be necessary to help them achieve their success. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation with my friend, Mary Miller, someone I truly admire. And Mary knows a thing or two about helping others to achieve their dreams. In fact, she and her husband, Tony, not only have run a successful and growing janitorial services business in the greater Cincinnati area for over 25 years, but one of the reasons that their business is so successful is the highly acclaimed Dream Manager program that they created years ago to help their employees achieve their dreams? If the Dream Manager program sounds a bit familiar to you, it's probably because there was a New York Times best selling book written about it by well known author Matthew Kelly. That book, called The Dream Manager, was inspired by the program that Mary and Tony created at their company, called JANCOA, where they were forced to think differently about how to solve a common problem in their industry, consistently high employee turnover. If you haven't read The Dream Manager yet, I'd encourage you to do so, and I'll link to it in the show notes. At about 150 pages, it's a wonderful quick read in the form of a business parable, and it shares about how companies can achieve remarkable results by helping their employees to identify and achieve their own dreams. Mary is not only a successful business owner, she's also an author, a speaker, and a business coach. In our conversation today, she shares about the struggles that she went through early in her life and career that put her on the path to becoming an award-winning entrepreneur, as well as some of the business challenges she has faced and overcome to make Jankoa an extremely successful privately held business with market share beyond anyone's wildest dreams. As a great coach, Mary challenged me to think differently about my life and my work several times in our conversation, and I think you'll love learning from her because she'll challenge you too. Well, hey, Mary Miller, welcome to the Impact Makers podcast. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having this great opportunity to have a conversation with each other.
1: I know you live right here in Cincinnati, but we don't often see each other in person. So I'm excited for the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about you. And usually I like to start with kind of to learn a little bit more about you, Tell me kind of who is Mary Miller and and how did she get to where she is today?
0: Well, that's an interesting question. We can do the long answer, the short answer.
1: You know what? (laughs) I'm sure both of those answers will provide ample opportunity for discussion.
0: (laughs) You know, but Jennifer, honestly, I, I find it very interesting. And I had never really thought of it a lot until recently through different conversations. And since I'm doing so much more public speaking, that people look at me and they have these conversations and they see where I'm at today in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, Jankoa family business that my husband had started, and I've been the CEO and the primary shareholder for about 12 years, and I've been working with them for 25 years. Today, we have 600 employees. Best-selling book, The Dream Manager, was written about a program we created for our employees to help them be excited about their future and go after what they're made to be while they have a job that they can depend on to support their family and themselves and most people have no clue how I got to where I'm at. You know, people frequently, the humanity, we're so busy in our own lives, way too often we, we're not curious enough, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, being curious about, okay, so how did that person get to where they're at? Right. And that's something that is, is really, everybody does have a story.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of them are more interesting than others. <laughs> But we have a story, you know, I was 30 years ago. I was a single mom with three kids and went through two divorces. The year I turned 30, I went through two divorces and lost two jobs Got an eviction notice on Christmas Eve. We filed bankruptcy earlier that year. I mean anything that could go wrong went wrong that year now most no. people can recognize having a bad day. I that was a really bad year <laughs> you,
1: had, you had one long bad day that extended
0: <laughs> we did. We did. and you know a friend introduced me to Tony a couple years later and I was I finally found a good job. I was in sales hundred percent commission sales and met tony and didn't realize that he would become husband number three yeah (laughs) but we've been married 26 years now and it's that for us when we really found each other and really focused and stayed clear on our values Mm -hmm. and our dreams of what we wanted in our life it created a synergy that put things together that we could never have imagined. At that time, when Tony and I first started working together 25 years ago, JANCOA had 20 had 65 part-time employees. Mm-hmm. And we're in Cincinnati. We still are in Cincinnati. We, we intentionally created a business model that we want to stay in the greater Cincinnati area because family is so important. Because of our past and having previous relationships and and blended family, we knew for ourselves how important it is. And we want to support our team members Mm -hmm. in being able to do that. So today we have 600 employees, some from over 40 different countries, cleaning over 200 buildings all around the greater Cincinnati area.
1: Wow. Wow. I definitely want to talk a little bit more about Jankoa and the success you've had there in the dream manager program, but I have to kind of go back to that, you know, <laughs> age 30 year and, and all of that kind of chaos that was happening. I know you, you've written a book, which we'll also talk about, but, um, you know, are there a couple of things that when you think about that time that you've learned now that either kind of put you into that kind of uh, whirlwind of chaos and then maybe that you learned kind of coming out of that?
0: I think that there is a lot of lessons and I, I recently heard, and I t- so agree with it. You, you can't connect the dots for the future. You could only connect the dots from the past when you relook at it and extract the lessons learned. Cause when you're in the middle of it, when I was in the middle of it, I was in pure survival, yeah. you know, I was trying to make sure that we had a place to live and food on the table. And in hindsight, what I know is that was my bottom mm-hmm. where I had expected up to that point I had expected or assumed other people knew better what I should do, that I, wasn't, I didn't have the clear picture, that I just followed what other people told me I should do the best I could. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for me. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it just didn't work. It's obviously, I was not a great employee.
1: <laughs>
0: I didn't, you know, as the companies changed, I didn't get to change with them. So it, it was really the biggest thing that I've learned is be who I'm made to be. You know, years later, my father, who recently passed away, we were at a family wedding, and we were just killing time on this Main Street, going in different shops. And my dad hands me this card and said, hey, Mary, I think you should use this in your speech. And it was a real old-fashioned card, and it had this picture of this woman in sepia tone of this woman adorned and all these ornaments and just really fancy as can be and crazy and there was a quote from Oscar Ryle says you might as well be yourself because everyone else is taken
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and that's that's I never thought of myself that way before and today I totally enjoy my life more than I ever had in the past Sorry you get, about that, Jennifer. Nuts. I thought I had turned that off.
1: You have a busy life, so people need part of you, obviously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a busy life, but it's a fun life, and I've never enjoyed my life more. I've, I've told somebody I've never worked harder, but I've never had more fun. That's great and to hear. And that's the best part, because for so many years, I was focused on the task and focused on the money. Mm-hmm. And when... We focus on the task and money, we don't see the opportunities. Yeah. Because we're too short sighted. The opportunities happen, I believe, when you see the impact that we have Mm -hmm. because of the actions and choices that we make in our life. Right. And those are really important things that. I guess I couldn't read in a book.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I
0: didn't have a high school teacher that said, Mary, this is what you should know.
1: (laughs) They should have a class in that. Absolutely. So you're a coach and I'm a coach and I know you've probably heard um, a similar kind of question is what I'll ask in with some of your coaching clients. So you mentioned like not focusing on the money or, or the future, but yet, a lot of times you're sitting across from someone who says, "But things are really bad right now, and I need money to feed my three kids as a single mom, or you know, whatever their situation is." So, how do you, how do you kind of talk with the people that you work with to get them to, to do that kind of focus on the opportunity and it will come mentality?
0: Um, the coaching I do is with Strategic Coach, mm-hmm. and uh, they coach on uh, successful entrepreneurs and based in Toronto and they have an office in Chicago, which is the office I work out of. And Dan Sullivan has been coaching entrepreneurs for over 30 years and strategic Coach has been around for about that length of time. And I'm one of their 15 coaches and he's got this question that I use all the time. It's called the Dan Sullivan question.
1: Oh, and you're, you're doing well when you have a question named. That's after right.
0: You. <laughs> that's right. It's, and it's a great question. If we were sitting here a year from now, Jennifer, what would have to happen for you to be really happy with your progress if you were looking back over the past year?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question.
0: And, and the diff- reason why that's such a great question is your brain engages differently when you move yourself to the future mm-hmm. and look to the past and, and you're trying to say these are the things I want versus sitting here and just looking at a blank screen for the future. Mm-hmm. The, the brain disengages in a very different way. And so, regardless of the pain or desperation that somebody may be feeling in their life, when you're focused on those things and you've already asked that question what has to happen, then you become very intentional about mm-hmm. the actions you're doing instead of just kind of throwing things against the wall, so to speak, and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And I think intentionality is one of the things that's made a huge difference in my life mm-hmm. that I'm just not waiting to see what happens in the morning. I've got pretty much a plan of what I'm trying to accomplish. I have, a. It's, it, there is a structure to my life. It, it, there may be wavy lines that can be moved easily, but there's definitely a structure in that intentionality. Right. And having that Focus, And I take one day every quarter, myself as a client, still with strategic coach, to hit that pause button, reflect over my past 90 days, to plan for the next 90 days. Mm -hmm. Because what happens with entrepreneurs, it happens with everybody, but especially with entrepreneurs, you know, it's a 24-7 world and we can go at it. It's more so today than ever. It's nonstop. You can work every hour of the day and wear yourself out. And a year from now, look back and wonder so, where did that year go and what happened? Because I didn't get anything done that I wanted to have accomplished. Mm -hmm. So, being intentional about what you want and and having that clarity and to be able to pause and and readjust as you need to is a really important thing. And that's what I've done in my life that's really helped.
1: So what what do you do on that one day per quarter? It's kind of your personal planning day. So you spend time looking back and looking into the next 90 days. Is there anything else you do kind of during that time spent on yourself and your business?
0: Well, it's an eight-hour day at Strategic Coach. So I'm in okay. a room filled with other successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And there's a structure and a planner that we use in different conversations to be able to reflect over the past, to extract the positives, to learn from the things that we don't want to repeat, or how can we repeat the successes that went well that you want to go over again? It was during that process back in the mid-90s when unemployment was just as low as it is today, where we employers we have to be more creative to yeah. find people to get people and six i've had a lot of competition with people that want my team members that work mm-hmm. for them because everybody needs more employees and everybody wants the best employees so at one of those sessions tony and i go to these sessions together and we would have these conversations about our biggest obstacles way too often we try to ignore obstacles in life instead of going to them Mm -hmm. And going to the obstacle is what leads you to bigger opportunity. So we were starting to do some things differently. We were seeing that one of our biggest obstacles was not having enough people, not being able to keep people. We had actually hired a consultant to help us grow our business on a five-day contract. He flew in from Atlanta. He canceled us on the second day of the contract. He couldn't help us.
1: He fired you. He
0: fired (laughs) us. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute check how does this work <laughs> and he said mary said you got a you got a good business but you've got a people problem and it's not that your people are a problem but you don't have enough people him and my husband who had spent the previous night scoping out to make the plan for the rest of the week ended up vacuuming all night he said, I bet I'm the most expensive vacuumer you will ever have in your business. <laughs> I said, I hope so.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's it's one of those things. If I hadn't been going to strategic coach to take that day to pause, I would have just gotten back in routine and moved and moved and moved. But I mm-hmm. knew I had to pause and reflect and really look at what was going on and do the deeper dive and just dive into the middle of the dung. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was smelly and nasty and painful to try to figure out. And that one of the bottom, I mean, the year I turned 30 was my personal bottom. That was our business bottom mm-hmm. of, of feeling desperate that a, a consultant didn't even feel like they could help you. Yeah, But that was when the dream manager was birthed.
1: So tell me about that process and, and the dream manager book, which I'll link to in the show notes is one of my favorite books. I, you know, little known secret, I don't actually read a lot of books, (laughs) <laughs> I buy a lot of books uh, but the dream manager was given to me by uh, Mike Sipple senior I believe at Centennial League here in Cincinnati, one of my personal mentors and I read it because it's a very small readable book and I have read it more than once and I have given it to people more than once. So that's awesome. Thank tell you Tell me about uh, you know how the dream manager program started.
0: It started with the consultant firing us. Mm -hmm. And we, that weekend, we went out and bought every book we could find. There used to be more than two bookstores in our community. (laughs) (laughs) And we went to all five of them. And we looked for books, how to find people, how to keep people, how to train people. You know, I I kept hearing Barbara Streisand's song, People Who Need People are the luckiest people in the world. I kept hearing that in my head. And it really wasn't feeling very lucky. And we were trying to look for the magic bullet. I was certain somebody else had the answer to this quandary. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think it was something that I would have to figure out on my own, but it was, and wanted mm-hmm. that by the end of the weekend, Tony and I had other people looking through the books, and we're just trying to grasp all the highlights. And the last thing we did on a Sunday afternoon was make a list. What did our best people have in common? You know, if you want to clone? your best employee, what did that look like? And it turned out that our top 10 employees, the one thing they had in common was problems with transportation, getting to work and getting to the buildings. So we decided we would pick them up, take them to work and take them home afterwards. So we started our employee shuttle service. (laughs) Went out Monday morning, my husband, he started our business when he was 19. Mm -hmm. And Monday morning he went out, and he bought a 15-passenger van, and went to a sign painting store, and had it painted on there, Jancoa Employee Shuttle, and drove it to the office and told our general manager at the time, I figured out how to fix our problem.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: she just sat back and looked at him and said, which one?
1: <laughs> the big one. <laughs> like there's only one problem, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> uh, so she said, okay. And uh, one question, who's going to drive this magic bus? She said, I don't have enough people to clean tonight, let alone drive a van around. So Tony became our first shuttle driver. Mm-hmm. And you know, humanity is the same regardless of what they do for a living or where they came from. Within the second day, they did not recognize Tony as the owner of the business. They just saw him as the driver of the shuttle that was getting him to work into home. Mm-hmm. So that gave Tony this freedom to see and hear things differently. You know, to see where they live, to hear them talk about their obstacles and their pains points and what what issues they were dealing with. And he would come home and he's got this horrible rule, if I can't sleep, you can't sleep. So <laughs> he wake me up and we'd talk for hours mm-hmm. about what he saw and about what he heard. And we took, always have, still do, take great pride in how we take care of our customers. Mm-hmm. That it is kind of like the Keebler Elves, You know, when people leave to go home at night, our team goes in. And when they come to work in the morning, they don't know how it happened, but the offices are magically cleaned,
1: mm-hmm. you know, and
0: that's, we take a lot of pride in that. But Tony really starts seeing and hearing their obstacles, and some of them he couldn't understand because they couldn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And they were all trying to do the same thing we were. Make enough money to eat and have a roof over our head. Yeah. They were just in a different part of it. They, so we start looking and saying, asking different questions. One of the things that entrepreneurs typically are very good at is asking questions. One of the things we're not so good at is asking the questions differently if we're not getting the results that we want. We keep asking when we keep asking the same questions, we're not gonna see it differently. Yeah. And that's kind of where the title of my book, Changing Direction, came from, because sometimes it just takes a little bit of a turn to look in a different direction, and there's the answer. Mm-hmm. So as we start helping our team members learn English and seeing what their other obstacles were, buy homes, buy we had 20 families that were first generation homeowners that nobody in their family had ever bought a home before. Mm-hmm. And they bought a home and refinanced, they got financial literacy, they got on budgets, they start doing and living things differently and changing their family tree. Mm-hmm. And that has just been there was if you go to YouTube, And type in JANCOA, a video will come up that Compassion International did years ago, and Sue and Curtis will take you on a tour of their home. And they'll tell you, nobody in their home family had ever owned a home before. They didn't think, quote, they were the type of people that could buy their own home. Mm -hmm. And those things make a huge difference. And so that started attracting more people to come to work for us. We, we already moved to full-time employees, which is uncommon in our industry. We had vacation pay. We have holiday pay. And then we added the dream manager, yeah. where we connect people. We don't recreate the wheel. Every community has nonprofits and agencies that will help people get their GEDs, to have financial literacy, to learn to read, to do whatever skills they need to do where they can just then connect to like a, a community college and get certificates to go into a different field, to be able to, to have the quality of life they've always wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So, so how we, did,
1: Go ahead. We, we
0: move from being janitors to being human development people that got that we get excited about watching people go after what they want in their life and improving their family.
1: I love it. And I've actually worked at an organization where we had a dream manager coach available to us. And I saw a lot of my coworkers accomplish and and really challenge themselves to set some some things that, you know, really had just been dreamed about and thought but to yeah. put into you know to have an accountability partner to actually go out and pursue that and and the organization was very supportive of it so i've i've and i know other people who are our dream manager coaches today but i guess my question is so you went on you read all these books you're hearing all these things from your employees and, and kind of the common uh, ideas and themes and dreams are coming up how did you decide on that we're going to coach people have a program to help people fulfill their dreams i.e. with a side benefit of that it's going to help us get employees to come work for us?
0: Well, we, again, were trying to just desperately find connect dots that would attract people and keep people. And we were talking to a friend at Strategic Coach, and he said, you know what you're really doing is you're helping people achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that's a great idea. So this is the power of names, Jennifer. We had originally said the great, what was it? The great employee retention program. That's oh, catchy, right? That and sounds then, like a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and then we switched it up to the dream engineer. And that was our first topic. And then Matthew Kelly was introduced to us, mm-hmm. who was already a bestselling author. When we met him, Rediscovering Catholicism had just come out. And he we get together, he met Tony first, and then he, we'd have him to dinner and he was you guys really should write a book. These are great stories. And Tony said, man, we're janitors. We're not <laughs> so Matthew then came back after walking the Camino Trail over in Europe. And he said, Okay, what can we work out because I want to write a book about what you guys are doing. I mean, really, Jennifer, how do you put on a dream list? Have best-selling author write a book about what you did. <laughs>
1: right. That usually doesn't happen. No. <laughs> no. No.
0: It's only through divine intervention that nice. anything like that could happen. And we just start connecting the dots, and we kept asking more questions and different questions about how we could do these things and grow them and make them better. And, its I mean, the book today is in 15 languages, And there's companies all over the world that are doing different things differently. There's conversations with businesses, with families and communities about dreaming bigger and going after what they're made to be using their gifts and talents. And it's so exciting. I was just at a meeting the other day and a gentleman came up to me with this big smile. I'd never met him before, but he knew who I was. He says, I've got a company over in Poland with 300 employees and we do the dream manager. We've bought over a hundred copies of the book and that people in that community are dreaming differently because of your experience.
1: That's wonderful. So, so the idea of calling it the dream manager and and the book is, and I'll definitely link to it in the show notes and also the video that you mentioned. it's written like a fable, like the five dysfunctions of a team, and some other books by Patrick Len- Lencioni. Um, And I, when I first read it, I didn't know it was about a Cincinnati company, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I didn't get the memo in advance. That, but... No, that was
0: intentional, Jennifer. When okay. Matthew talked to us about writing the book, we both Tony and I both agreed we didn't want it about us or about Jane Coa. Mm-hmm. because as Taylor Swift says so well, haters are going to hate. Uh And if it was pointed at us personally in our business, there are plenty. We're not a perfect person. We're not perfect company. But we've learned from every time that we mess up. And we wanted to make it where people could focus on the program. Mm -hmm. And what's been almost magical is it started as a program to help people go after their dreams with the result of higher retention and higher efficiency and higher profitability. So it's smart business and best practice to now it's really about a culture. Mm -hmm. And we've created a culture of caring that creates a community that people want to be part of. Right. And that's the part a lot of our team members their biggest dream really wasn't about them, but about their family. Mm-hmm. And like one gentleman's from Guatemala has been with us for 17, 18 years. And his daughters have gone to college, one for med school, they gotten scholarships. And that was his dream. He moved here. So his family would have a better life than he did mm-hmm. growing up. And that's what, you know, is you know, we're, we're just trying to be good stewards and, and lead and follow the will so that we're doing the right thing that makes a big impact on people's lives.
1: Sure. Well, not all not all measurements obviously are monetary or something you can create a chart or graph for. But after you kind of implemented the Dream Manager program and begin to make it part of your culture, have you had some specific metrics or measurements that you can say? Because we did this, X happened.
0: Well, one of the biggest is our our turnover is three hundred percent better than the industry average.
1: That's a pretty good metric. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I buy that. <laughs> our profitability is better than it's ever been.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our our business. I mean, we've grown from sixty five part time employees to six hundred full time employees. And the percentage of market share that we have is beyond our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. We were a mom and pop shop. Now the nationals and international businesses in our industry are they used to be really friendly with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not so much now. Not so much now. <laughs>
0: and because uh, that's been really great is customers want to work with companies that care about and really do something to take care of their team members. Mm-hmm. And we work really hard to celebrate our, our family of employees. Yeah. And, you know, Tony and I said earlier, we're both on our third marriage. And people say, well, do you have any children? I said, yeah, well, we have a blended family of five children and together 600. <laughs> <That's
1: laughs> because that's
0: what it feels like. And we have four members, three members of the second generation of our family that's involved in the day-to-day business. Mm-hmm. And they're taking it to a whole new level with the operations and with the programs that we're doing.
1: So with, with the dream manager program at Gencoa or even with the work that you've done personally, are there one or two, you mentioned the gentleman from Guatemala and putting the children through school. um, Are there one or two that maybe stand out as being particularly memorable or meaningful?
0: More than we have time to share, (laughs) but I, I will share a couple. Last spring. There was a day uh, in our country, the day without immigrants, where a lot of people didn't go to work that night. And we had about 200 call offs that night. So all of us pitched in because we make commitments to our customers and we weren't gonna call them and say, sorry, we're not working tonight. Mm -hmm. So I was out cleaning a building and a young woman and I were trashing. So as you're going through and emptying people's trash, which everybody listening to this should start paying attention to what they throw away. (laughs) (laughs) Janitors do notice. We don't dig through the trash, but we have to empty it. right? (laughs) But it was really funny because we were walking through and she says, so you work at the office and I had introduced myself as Mary. Mm -hmm. And she said, I said, yeah. She says, so what do you do? Sales? I said, well, that's part of it. She said, well, what else do you do? I said, well, I'm the CEO. And she just stopped dead in her tracks and looked at me. She says, you're
1: that Mary <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this undercover boss? Am I on TV? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, felt
0: like it. it felt like it. So what was funny? She just stopped. She says, I just want to thank you. She said, When I in the I've been here four years, full time, working night. And during that time, you guys had me when I first started, we have every employee fill out a card. What is my dream? Mm-hmm. And she said, I put on there that I wanted my own apartment. I put on there that I wanted my own car. And I put on there that I wanted to have my dental assistant certification. Mm-hmm. And she said, I've done all three. And I don't think I could have done that if I wasn't working at JANCO. Oh,
1: you're going to, this would be a first. You're going to make me cry on my own podcast. It's supposed to be the other way around, yeah. Mary.
0: <laughs> I know. And she said she was an African-American woman from the community. And she was wor- She and She's still, she's moving now. She wants to be a hygienist. Mm-hmm. So she's working part-time now so that she can do the other work that she needs to do in school to to go to the next level. And uh, another one is my husband and I were doing a training for an outreach in the community, and there was about 40 people in the room, and it was time to go around each table to introduce ourselves to each other. And this young man said, you look very familiar to me. So I introduced myself and my husband, and he smiles and he hits the table. She, he said, I used to work for you. <laughs> and I'm like, really? She says, yeah, it's a few years ago. He said, I'm from Nigeria. And when I was in Nigeria, in my country, I had a, a career in working with computers and IT. But when I came to this country, I needed new certifications and I had to take classes. Mm-hmm. So I worked at Janco at night. I went to my classes at today, during the day, got the certifications I need. And now I'm back in my career working in what I love to do.
1: That's amazing. So, yeah. is, so like you mentioned, filling out the card when they start and, and putting, you know, both personal and professional dreams on there. And so each employee has the opportunity to work with someone who kind of, uh, is an accountability partner or helps remove obstacles with, with getting to those dreams so that it's not just, I wrote it on a card one day.
0: <laughs> well, we do, we have encouragement and connections. Our biggest obstacle is that our people spread out at over 200 buildings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our area managers, and it was kind of funny. There's companies like you may have heard of a little company called Infusionsoft. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They do the dream manager. They've totally integrated into their workforce. They have won awards with the dream manager as one of the reasons why they're a best place to work mm-hmm. for their best practices. And I talked to the gentleman that runs the program for them, and he said that they they were about at the time I talked to him a couple years ago. Now they were at about 600 employees, and they found that just having a dream manager and trying to hold everybody accountable doesn't work. And I was just really pleased and affirmed that they've made the same type of changes we did, and that's infiltrating it into our area managers that deal with the supervisors, that deal with the employees, and that's when it really transitioned from being a dream manager program to a culture of caring. That we we ask about it, we're always letting them know that we have connections, how can we help you and support you? Because one of the biggest things that we have found is that people's esteem and confidence grows through their self, self-fulfillment, self the, what the, the, they are able to actualize in their own lives. Mm-hmm. When there are some companies that have great programs and some companies kind of, in my opinion, go a little over the line and try to do all the dreams for them instead of allowing their team members to have that ch- achievement on their own yeah. to see what they're capable of doing because that grows that confidence to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And we have seen, just like that young man from Nigeria and the young woman, we try to encourage them to create that environment of support and encouragement. But yet, you know, is there something you need from us that we can do to help support you? Mm-hmm. And there's this community and every community, as I stated before, has all kinds of agencies with programs that they can go to. The YWCA has all kinds of GED programs and, and programs to help with growing those type of things. United Way's got all kinds of agencies mm-hmm. to be able to help connect. So it's, it's just been fun to realize as a business, that's not my wheel, you know. <laughs> Wheelhouse, I, I can't recreate the wheel. Mm-hmm. Or the, the, and there's so many other people that have already figured out how to help people with some of these things. So our job is to plant seeds, nurture those seeds, encourage them, keep the conversations going, and connect them through that wall of fear to the places that they can get the help they need.
1: So even in like in the two examples that you've mentioned, both of those individuals had dreams to work elsewhere or in a different Correct. career. So it's kind of... Um, unique and and interesting the approach that you're taking to help them get those careers elsewhere. Is that something that you're challenged on?
0: You know, it is a challenge, especially today with unemployment being so low, but when you create that environment of caring It will attract the people that you need. It'll attract the right people. 57% of our people come as from referrals from our current employees. 17% come from people who used to work for us. Mm -hmm. And the rest come from word of mouth in the community or with partnered agencies that we work with. So we don't run ads and we just keep growing and you know just trying to attract people to realize that this is a stepping stone and we've got a good number of people like the gentleman I was talking about before that's been with us for 18 years his goal wasn't to leave us but to help his children and at some point his girls worked for us part-time as they were working toward so I believe that every company one gentleman that that's I listened to in a podcast that loves the dream manager also. He said it very well. He says, don't we all really want employees that want to work for us? Mm-hmm. And if they choose that they don't want to work for us anymore, why would we want to hold on to them? Yeah. Free them. Let them go to where they want to be and they'll send people to you. Mm-hmm. So when you give people the freedom to be who they're made to be and to allow them to go after their dreams, it creates a strong attraction magnet, that law of attraction. It'll attract more and better. Same with the customers. We don't have a sales team, and we grew 17% last year, really? and it's all through referrals. Mm-hmm. So it, it's both sides of that sword. You know, We really work hard to balance uh, taking care of our customers as well as taking care of our team members and realizing that the more we create value, the more people want to be involved and connected.
1: That's amazing. And I think a, a, a message that really needs to be heard by a lot of employers today who I'm out there talking with leaders and companies and telling them they need to rethink work and not think of it as 30, 40 years with one company where you know that just isn't the model anymore. But how can we engage people yeah. when we do have them working for us help them build their skills, help them grow their dreams and take advantage, you know, both sides yes. take advantage of that opportunity rather than continually being frustrated because somebody comes and works for three to five years and then goes somewhere else. That's just, that's more than likely the way Absolutely. it's going to be. Absolutely.
0: And three to five years is awesome. You get the best out of somebody for three to five years, that's going to help everybody's bottom line and help you to be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's a great goal. And Because of the second generation really running the day-to-day, it's actually freeing me up, and that's really most of my, a lot of my time is spent as professional speaking at conferences and events and with companies to help them get their team members excited about what's possible.
1: Yeah, well, I, I when you have
0: excited employees, amazing things happen. <laughs> that,
1: that is very true. And I, I, wanted you've done a lot of great things, obviously with Jancoa and the Dream Manager program. But you are so much more than that. You're super involved in the community. You've won multiple awards for entrepreneurship and a woman-owned business and those types of things. So, so what is your day like these days? Where how are you filling your time? in addition to continuing to run a very successful business.
0: Well, you know, and I, I've told, I tell people all the time, I really do have the best job in the world. And I, I read an article a while back from Warren Buffett. He said the most important job any CEO has is to be the cheerleader for their team. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I do really well. And I have great ideas, great vision. And since I'm not in the middle of the weeds every day, I can help with some of that vision and direction while The team is really making things happen to be able to move forward. I am speaking, I coach workshops still in Chicago every quarter. There's a handful of workshops. I go up there and coach successful entrepreneurs. I do speaking at conferences and that around the world. And Mm -hmm. I just, I love the opportunity personally to see the world and see all these great places that I haven't been able to since I was so busy growing a business and raising a family. Mm -hmm. And today I get to, to have these great conversations to get people excited about their lives at the same time, being able to travel and see different places.
1: So what and are some of the, of yeah, what are some of the topics that you speak about or that these,
0: well, I, one of the top ones is definitely creating a culture of caring and the impact of best practices that has on every business. Mm-hmm. I also love speaking with professional development, especially for women. I, I don't have, I do not exclude men from any of my conversations, Mm -hmm. but what I have found is way too often women have not given themselves permission to, as Cheryl said, lean in and go after what they really want in their life and watching and feeling the energy change when they start seeing possibility and for companies to be able to companies want their team members to be successful and enjoy their life because they get the best out of them then Mm -hmm. and so it's it creates a win-win situation where the the people that are working with the companies feel better about what they're doing not just the task but the bigger impact that they have because of what they're doing at their work. I never dreamt of being a janitor or owning a cleaning business, but that's where I've had the most fun in my life is in this environment. But if I focus just on dirty floors and and cleaning toilets, I could just be very
1: depressed. (laughs) (laughs) best to focus elsewhere, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as part of this being out and sharing your message and helping employers kind of build uh, cultures of caring, you also published a book last year, correct?
0: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It's uh, called Changing Direction, Mm -hmm. 10 Choices That Impact Your Dreams. And this came out of a lot of people asking me to write it. They wanted to know the backstory, so to speak, behind the dream manager. And some of the biggest lessons that I've learned through that process, through the conversations I've had with other people, as well as my own experience.
1: Mm -hmm. So what are maybe a couple of the 10 choices that we have to make in order to change direction?
0: I think one of the biggest things is the first chapter is really about embracing change, Mm -hmm. Because until, as individuals, we're willing to embrace change, because too often we resist it, you can't even create a list of your dreams if you're Mm -hmm. not willing to embrace change first. So I think it's really important to know what you want. And why is that important? Knowing your why is really powerful, Simon Sinek said a million times in such great ways. But you have to be willing to embrace change first. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like in your life? I know as a single mom with three kids with no job and losing my place to live and everything else, and even my car was taken out of my driveway, I had to get really ready to embrace change before I could make out what I wanted and why it was important. Because that's it was just, I was attracting really bad things in my life because I was being resistant. I was standing up and saying, no, this isn't right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She pounds on the table. (laughs) (laughs) So so after that kind of time again, so you you had this, did you have a revelation that you needed to embrace change or did you just get change thrust upon you that you had to figure out how to deal with or combination of both of those things?
0: I think the biggest thing, Jennifer, that's a really good question. But I think the biggest thing is when I found the job, which was an interesting experience in itself, because I had applied for low-hanging fruit. I managed a customer service department at a corporation previous, so customer service was low-hanging fruit, easy-peasy. I could do that. So I applied for that job at this company, and the vice president, did my second interview, said, have you ever considered sales? I had dabbled in sales with Mary Kay Cosmetics and wicker sales. And I'm like, sure,
1: I can do that. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So I got hired as a salesperson and 100% commission. And my parents were really excited about that choice. (laughs) (laughs)
1: 100% commission is is not really a job in some ways until you start making some money.
0: (laughs) because of my past. And this was that embracing change, Jennifer. I was willing to embrace the fact that I had always thought other people would take care of me. If I worked hard, the company would take care of me. They would recognize that I worked hard and I was worthy of a raise or promotion, but they would take care of me. They would take care of my benefits and that. And it didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was ready to embrace change and take responsibility and accountability for myself. And I knew this job would only pay me if I did what I could do best. And I was 100% responsible for my life and the results I was accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And the f- second month in sales, I was the top salesperson. And I heard the sales manager say to one of the other salespeople, You let a girl beat you. How <laughs> can <laughs> you do that? And I'm like, Okay, game on.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> so, you know, some things in our life that seem so horrible at the time you're going through it, I'm like, I wouldn't recommend anybody to get a divorce, let alone go through it twice, yeah, you know, to file bankruptcy. Ah. But sometimes we have to to hit that restart button and just go after what we know, what we to, to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And I was I tell people all the time that our our unique ability, our talents and skills, frequently are just under the surface, just waiting to show its head to let people say, "Hey, I want to help you use my use me I'm your talent I'm you I'm part of you instead of just doing what seems easy on the surface and I just got back from Israel and one of the areas that we visit Magdala they discovered a synagogue in 2006 that's over 2,000 years old Mm. and it was 18 inches under the surface 18 inches under the surface, there evidently had been earthquakes and mudslides, and it just got all covered up. Mm -hmm. So it's all been excavated, and they're still working on the site. I mean, to have a site like that, 2006, that's only 12 years ago, to find a synagogue from over 2,000 years ago. Yeah. What's laying under your surface that you're not utilizing?
1: Oh, spoken like a keynote speaker there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's laying under your surface that you're not exposing? I love that. <laughs> yeah. And it is interesting. You know, I followed your travels through Israel, the pictures and things that you shared on on Facebook, um, and would love to go there someday. But I've also been to Istanbul a couple of times and gone to the uh, Hagia Sophia, I believe is what it's called now. It's had a few different names. And it was built in the 1500s. Wow. And I actually took a picture of the. Um, one of the entrance ways, the stone uh, that covered the walkway into the entrance. And it's so worn down. And I just sat there and I kind of thought about the lives of all the people that have passed through this, that have worn that stone down. And I think it helped kind of grounds me with, yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a time on this earth to make an impact. Um, And so, you know, that's the way I think. How can I use this time? I look at a stone, you know, the people have walked over for thousands of years and go, Oh, well, how can I make an impact? I don't know why I think that way, but I do, but I love what you said. What's underneath the surface.
0: That's right.
1: Interesting. That's right. So in terms of changing directions, what's new and next for you or what's coming up more of the same or something different? I'm
0: really focusing on doing the, the keynote and public speaking because to, mm-hmm. to, my big dream is I want to change 10 million lives in, by 2021.
1: Oh, I'm wow. Get, I you got short that time. Percent.
0: That's right. <laughs> short runway. <laughs> but I think that the way life is today and all the connections and communities that exist out there, I think it's very feasible
1: mm-hmm. that
0: that could happen. And I'm totally open with collaboration. I have a, a friend who's a partner at thebucketlist.org. Have you gone on that site? No. They've had over 800,000 people that have gone on bucketlist.org and start making a list of all their dreams, all the things that they want to accomplish. Wow. And it's fascinating to see all the different connections. And they're doing works with companies too, where if you had a business with 5,000 employees or 50 employees, they can help you with their technology (laughs) to have your employees have the capability to connect. And as an HR manager executive, you can see out of your 50 employees, what are the different categories of dreams? And if you want to create community, you could create events that a majority of the team members would want to be part of. I love it, And it's fascinating to see what other people are doing and seeing. So you, you plant seeds because bucketlist.org, the owners told partners told me was inspired by the dream manager.
1: That's amazing. So
0: it's amazing how you never know what seed or what you're doing is inspiring somebody else to do something differently. And then when we collaborate with each other, Mm -hmm. amazing things can happen.
1: Well, and even in this conversation, I'm definitely going to go back and read The Dream Manager. I said I don't read much, but it's a small book. I can do that. It is. And I'm going to read your book, Changing Direction, 10 Choices That Impact Your Dreams. If you like to
0: listen, it's on Audible as well. So I did read it. So you could do that too.
1: (laughs) So you're making, you're removing all the obstacles for me, Mary. I like that. That's what I like (laughs) to do. So, but I I think like, I'm like a lot of people, especially as an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, woman owned business, all those things, single mom, all that stuff. I too often don't sit back, and maybe it's taking a, a day, a quarter, which I've certainly heard that advice from Michael Hyatt and others who've been to the Strategic Coach program, um, to think about what my dreams are. You know, too often my dream is just to be successful today, and that's. A but great... what does that look like? <laughs> yeah, oh. okay, we've got to. We have to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> the coaching call starts. on the couch, again? Jennifer. Let's talk. <laughs> I was admitting I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> first step. Yes, important first step. But I'm very achievement and oriented and competitive, and I've heard that come out a couple of times in in our conversation with you. But I tend to think about just what's you know often monetary goals or you know numerical things, and so to really sit back and think about what are my dreams. And I talked about that in the very first episode of the Impact Makers podcast, the story of Terry Trent and. Um, a woman coming to her country in Zimbabwe and, and asking her what her dreams were and what's that what that has ultimately created somebody who's now a world changer nice. and so I've been thinking you know I think that a great question to ask people instead of, of who are you and what do you do for a living is you know hi nice to meet you what are your dreams
0: <laughs> you know, let's just... I typically I, I usually ask people when I'm first meeting them so what do you, what's going on in your life that you're really excited about
1: that's a great question. So we need to all kind of lift each other up and, and really encourage everyone to look at what's just underneath that surface. I'm going to use okay. that too. I might cool. steal that. You need to trademark that. I might steal it. (laughs) Danielle will be on it this afternoon. (laughs) Well, I really enjoyed the opportunity to chat with you, Mary. Where can people find out more about you, your company, your dreams? Uh, Is there a place online, good places they can connect with you?
0: Absolutely. JANCOA has a website, J-A-N-C-O-A dot com. Uh, The dream manager, uh, Matthew author, Matthew Kelly actually has a website because he works with companies all over the world to help them integrate and manage the dream manager program. So you can find that under Mm floydconsulting.com. And Floyd stands for finally living out your dreams. So you can remember that. that. Absolutely. And be awesome. Well, bucketlist.org. I highly recommend checking them out. And I am on Twitter mary underscore dreams
1: i Go love figure. it <laughs> i will definitely link to all of these things in the show notes but it's interesting i consider myself a matthew kelly stalker and in, in a good sense i've heard him speak dozens of times and yeah and have his books and have listened to them on audio uh, and i have followed floyd consulting but never did i know it was fine figuring out what was it finally
0: <laughs> finally living out your dreams
1: you know what? There's always a hidden meaning in everything. Always. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing more meaning with me today. I really appreciate it. And so great to chat with you, Mary.
0: So great too, Jennifer. I enjoyed it very much. We'll have to do this again.
1: Yes, we will. One of the best things about the journey of making an impact in the world is the people that you meet along the way and seeing how they're creating impact. My friend, Laurie Rudiman, is one of those people. She's a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who is setting out to fix work. In her podcast called Let's Fix Work, she's tackling why work is often so miserable for many people and what we can all do to fix it. Here's some of what she's talking about. During the past 10 years, I've developed a huge network of friends and colleagues. These are people who are passionate about fixing work. They have big ideas. They're authors, speakers, consultants, and even HR ladies who want to help workers find purpose and meaning. So I'm starting a podcast to interview my friends who want to fix work. I love the Let's Fix Work podcast, and I think you will too. Check it out and subscribe over at letsfixwork.com.
0: If you want to raise your game at work, you've got to raise your impact. Find out Jennifer's 10 best strategies to make more of an impact at work at jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways. That's jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways.